Hello. If you would like to support this show or others like it, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. We couldn't do it without you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro podcasting extrasode. Yes. And this week we are gaming a talk about the New Vegas Fallout. We are um, gaming a talk about the New Vegas Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We, uh, we've we been recording for like five hours now. Yeah. In 99 degree heat uh, in my neck of the woods. And uh, uh, like 89 degree heat in my neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, so please forgive us if we are a little bit loopy right now. But uh, uh, we are reading your responses to the, uh, the Fallout New Vegas game. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and if uh, third base coach comes around with a bottle of water, I'll be all set. I <laughs> need, uh, need, uh, need a doctor. Um, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and, and jam through these. You guys came out in force, which is awesome. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much for responding. I, we knew a big game like this would get a big response. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, starting out with some follow-up, Craig says by contact. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, guys. Longtime listener, first-time emailer. I noticed this new phrase getting used a lot in your podcast, verb set. I think I have an idea of what it means, but I'm not certain and would appreciate a clearer explanation from you. I'm guessing that I'm not the only listener with this problem, so maybe you could respond in an episode. Um, I apologize. My apologies if you've already explained it and I just missed it. I don't know that we've ever explained it, but we're referring to it just in terms of language and the things you can do in a game. Well, we're not really referring to it in terms of language. Like that's, that's what that's what verb means it's, in terms of language. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like the metaphor. So verb as action, like your action set. Whereas, yes. you what, know, what things can you do in a game? Right. So, so in Mario, your verb set is to jump and run and shoot fireballs. Right. Um, and when we say something like the defensive vocabulary, it's like, what actions do you have, um, you know, just to mitigate your, or avoid damage? Right. Or your offensive vocabulary, the opposite, um, yes. something like that. So like, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think we've ever explained it. So I wouldn't forget, you know, uh, condemn anybody for not knowing that. But like, that is what we mean. We are just referring to it in terms of like, you know, what is in your quiver almost. Yes. What kind of gerunds can you be doing? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Thanks for the question. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that helps everybody. Uh, Kirk writes in uh, via contact, and both of these uh, both of these next two are going to be about uh, uh, the edutainment kind of stuff. Says, I'm a senior in high school, just a month from graduation, and a recent fan of the show. Our school began giving us iPads my freshman year, so I've had an iPad at my side uh, during all of high school. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yes, we usually just use them to watch videos or work on presentations and Word documents. Google Docs was really nice for group work. As for edutainment, games were barely present in the classroom. And when they were, they were usually generic flashcard games uh, that could have been used for any subject. Uh, the one notable exception is uh, uh, iCivics, I guess is the name of an app, a collection of resource management type games uh, that teach about the U.S. government. However, these games ran off of Flash, so they had to be played on the school MacBooks, uh, which rotate from class to class. To be honest, I mostly use my iPad as a Plants vs. Zombies and Hearthstone machine. Uh, The school only blocked websites, not apps. Clash of Clans and Netflix (laughs) Netflix, uh, probably tanked a few GPAs. That's going to make me cry. Like, like, just, like that's a man. I wish I had that ability. Like this is, I don't want to, this is going to make me sound super old, uh, Kirk and everyone. Uh, Cause I am uh, pretty old, but there was, when I was in high school, uh, we never had, I never had a home computer in high school. I bought mm-hmm. my first computer after high school. Mm-hmm. I used a typewriter for papers. Oh, wow. A typewriter. <laughs> I'm not even, like I'm 35. Like I'm yeah, not you're, like, you you're know, like a I, resident evil protagonist. Yeah. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, 
fucking Walder Frey in this shit. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, it just, that has moved very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good. Yeah. It's, good uh, you. you know, and I'm, I'm slightly younger than Gary. I had a computer during that Shut stuff, but well, what? I'm not lording it over it, but like, we Get never had, I got my first tablet, like well after I graduated college, you know, okay. um, but, uh, this is great to hear. Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, like I'm, I'm always a little bit unsettled when we get younger listeners. Cause I, I kind of feel like by saying so many uh, adult words and putting out so many, uh, challenging jisms. concepts. Yeah. Yeah. Jisms. Yeah. 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 Whatever the kids are into jism these days, I think so. <laughs> yeah. From what I understand, I yeah. saw a music video and yeah, I think but, so. <laughs> but uh, but 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 Kirk uh, wrote in about this, and I asked I asked his permission um, to uh, to share this story. But like, oh well, that's then that is a perspective that we explicitly asked for. So thank you for writing in with that. Yeah, it's interesting too. I imagine some people listen are also shocked by that. Yeah, who don't have young people in their lives because like mm-hmm. most of my friends who I know who are my age or a little bit younger have no access to teens right like, they either have very young children yeah I, yeah, yeah. I, I should, you know, they, not legally they're not <laughs> access yeah yeah the uh they uh they just don't know them you right. know exactly they have either very young children or they have like a sibling who's like 25 at this point <laughs> but the years between like 13 and 20 are a total mystery right for age yeah for for anybody here yeah yeah you would have That's to have like you would have to access you would have to have access to like niece technology to like hmm. have that, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So thanks, thanks, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, James says by contact. Uh, I teach math and computer science in a small rural school in Montana. Seriously, we don't even have a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, during a recent episode, you asked, uh, "What are we going to do with all these tablets?" I thought I would share my experience from this past year with you. Last summer, I revamped my entire curriculum uh, for one of my classes to turn it into an RPG. I broke down every standard required for Algebra One into discrete blocks and considered each a level. The idea was that students would either watch a pre-recorded lesson on a tablet or a laptop or watch me live and then attempt the assignment. When they felt they had nailed the concept, uh, they could test on it. And if they got it completely correct, they would have leveled up and would earn a new classroom perk, uh, free pencils, new seats, candy, etc. cetera. Uh, there's a website uh, that can automate some of this and provide graphics called classcraft.com uh, that I might use next year to implement guilds and whatnot. <laughs> but overall, I'm planning on stretching my program to all my classes. The point here is that the game aspect of it has nothing to do with the tablet. Uh, in fact, due to the rural nature of my school, any connected game wouldn't work due to abysmal internet connection. It takes about half the day to download 20 megabyte files. This is fascinating. It is, yeah. I want to watch a documentary, and it would just be like school. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I want to see the, the the jock guild beat up the nerd guild. Yeah, in math, like by <laughs> yeah. using math. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, huh. We got, to, like, like, like these are the best. We got a couple of uh, responses to the edutainment stuff. It's so great that we have, like, teachers and young kids kind of uh, listening to the show. I just, yeah. I, I don't know, like, that, uh, that, that I, I like that a lot. It's, 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 it's pretty cool what you're doing, James. Yes. I think, that, uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah, you're... I wonder, my understanding of, like, I didn't realize that you had so much freedom. Mm-hmm. For that, because I thought, um, like a lot of, uh, I guess, I, does it say, yeah, it doesn't say that it is a public school. My understanding in public school, I don't actually know this, so don't take this as like, oh, Gary said this and he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, that, uh, like, stand there, the standards would prevent something like that, like yeah. standardized testing or standardized, like, kind of lesson plans. I, th- you know, so, so, so I think, you know, I was talking with like people in Slack about this because we have a lot of, again, we have a lot of teachers in our community. I think you're just accountable for results and there's not a lot of like minute to minute oversight. Interesting. Yeah. 
and great. like novel stuff like this is uh, from from what i read um as long as it gets results is you know lauded and rewarded which is you know good on its face like i like the it's a complicated system i think and it's a you know like people who are in that are not um, um, um let me see here people who people who are in that are worthy of praise i think yeah for having to deal with it but um and god facing teens down i would not be able to do that but and, like what uh what i like about it is when i was in school there were things like um you know trimathalons and stuff like you would do mm-hmm. like quiz bowl and things like that but they were exclusive Mm-hmm. Like they didn't feel like it was for everybody. It felt just like another version of AP shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like, hey, if you, you know, tested in this thing pretty early, you get to go do this special thing, but everybody else get fucked, <laughs> uh, which I'm not super into. Right. Um, you know, this feels like if you just make it the whole class and just kind of make everybody kind of have this like healthy competition or healthy mm-hmm. kind of uh, advancement yeah. thing, and like, um, that's really great. It's not, it's not just for certain people. Gamification can be used for a lot of awful shit but like kids respond to that. And so like play into it, do whatever you need to, to get them engaged and you know, all that, like that's, that's yeah. awesome. If you're a school doing it good, if you're a company doing it, go to hell. <laughs> and that, that's essentially the, the divide. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, no, but I, I really appreciate, um, you know, both of you and everybody who's kind of written in about that, but like, uh, that is more than I could have asked for with the yes. entertainment stuff. Super cool. Yeah. Do you want to read Tuchel since these are a sentence long? Yes. Yeah. Um, so on to New Vegas responses. Archive Lover writes in saying, um, from my experience playing the game, here's how I would try to sell someone on Fallout New Vegas in one sentence. I paid a man to spread lies about me. And ever since then, Elvis impersonators have been flagging me down in the street every five minutes to hand me corn. That, that does happen. <laughs> so. Yep. That is uh, like that would get me to at least pay attention to it. That's in the possibility space of this game. Um, And then Gavin writes in, uh, shortly after New Vegas released, I had a chance to see Dave Foley uh, do some stand-up in exotic Kirkland, Washington. Um, After the show, I shook his hand and complimented him on his work as Yes Man. Um, He thought about it for a moment and said something like, oh yeah, they never sent me a copy of that game. Those cheapskates. (laughs) And oh, like, that's I, that's I know funny. that Dave Foley is a, you know, he, he is a victim of circumstance and a very bitter man, but I cannot say that in a way that is not like totally Canadian and nice. So, yeah, yeah I'm sure he was, he was that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, um, it makes me want to send him a copy of the game. Me too. Um, there <laughs> he's was a, a hero. He's so good. Like I, I read this response and I just watched a bunch of yes, man dialogue. Yeah. I love, I love Dave Foley. I went and saw Kids in the Hall live recently and mm. the end of every, uh, not late recently, like a year and a half ago, mm. um, or something. And th- at the end of every show, they have, uh, Mark McKinney come up as the head crusher <laughs> and do this kind of thing where you roast everybody. Oh, nice. And when Dave Foley comes up, he says, uh, he's like, is there anything sadder than when the boyish grow old? <laughs> that is such a good burn. <laughs> like, God, do I love that. Oh. <laughs> that is uh, so good is uh is, is kids in the hall still on netflix because like that is just a universal recommendation oh I, I, yeah i don't know um i've got the big dvd set mm. of all of the kids in the hall like kids in the hall is great yeah it is uh yeah this, bob mackie is very fond of saying like i don't understand how any of those guys had to work another day in their lives <laughs> right because it's it's definitely like it's it's really incredible <laughs> yeah super good um andrew says via contact once I realized uh, where I'd heard Caesar's voice before, I also realized that there is this huge missed white wild wasteland opportunity there. If you piss him off, he should have thrown both middle fingers up and said, these are for you, courier. 
It might not be completely in character for him, but it would have been pretty funny. Anyway, New Vegas is hands down my favorite Fallout game. Writing and quest design uh, this rich are rarely, rarely seen in an RPG, and I sincerely hope that Obsidian gets to make another one. All fingers and my extra toes are crossed. Uh, and that is a refer to uh, him, a reference to him as Rowles in uh, The Wire, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, character actor yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. I agree. He, he's, he's wonderful in The Wire. <laughs> Great voice. Pretty good. Uh, Matt writes in via contact saying, this is my only Fallout game that I've ever really liked, mostly because of what it let me do with my character. From the outset, I made it my goal to become so powerful that I could walk into Caesar's camp and punch him so hard that he would explode and then get away alive. It was tough, especially since I was playing on the hardest difficulty, but after a lot of work building up my character's skill in unarmed combat, I managed to disguise myself as one of Caesar's men. Then, when he asked me for an audience... Uh, I punched him in the heart. His head and limbs (laughs) shot off the body like bottle rockets. That slaver son of a bitch was killed dead. I then had to escape the camp, turning all of his men into salsa with my fists. 10 out of 10 would do so again. I'm with you, Matt. Yep. (laughs) My kind of man. I love that. So I I said this in uh, the first episode we did this uh, or the second episode. I can't remember which one, but one of my favorite New Vegas memories is always like, you know, pretending it's Boone's birthday and taking him to kill, clear the <laughs> Caesar's camp. And like, I love that there's not a quest for that. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of, it becomes my own little story in here because there's never like go kill Caesar mm-hmm. as a quest. Like even if you're against him, the game just kind of says like, no, he's too tough and it won't matter. You don't need to do it. But kind of creating your own little story for it mm-hmm. is really fun. Yeah. Um, and I just love that it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're dealing with bigger forces, but even just being like, hey, I'm not going to allow this guy to get away with this, like kind of <laughs> taps into like uh, this human need for vengeance. It's uh, it's his mistake for even just like giving me the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. You know, you you, you should not have uh, toyed with me. Right. Yeah. Um, Kyle says, by contact, if playing Torment is like playing a novel, then playing New Vegas is like playing a tabletop RPG with a good GM who is committed to storytelling. I ultimately think that New Vegas has to strain at the limits of video games in order to provide a reasonable approximation of the sort of freedom that you quite easily get in tabletop. and doesn't quite live up to what tabletop role-playing can do, but it's the closest video games get to that kind of experience. What makes New Vegas special is that you can play it solo, and you don't have to spend time wrangling players to arrange a meetup, and it's always there to come back to. You don't have to worry about uh, getting a bad GM who doesn't prepare or is fixated on some tedious detail of a game. It's it's the McDonald's of role-playing, Everyone can get a pretty good experience no matter where they come from or where they play. That's quite an accomplishment. Agreed. Like, yeah. I might have said Starbucks of role-playing. <laughs> yeah. Not to give you notes, but just because I think it's slightly like higher quality than... Oh, yeah. I mean, like yeah, Star- Starbucks isn't directly like killing people. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but it's I get the, I get the point. It's a, a sound point. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that, yeah. That, that's good. I mean, like, so uh, Kyle makes a point, like, it's unreasonable to expect a game to do something besides be a game. Yeah. But, like, it is remarkable when it does even just kind of, like, you know, breach that surface and get a little bit of that light. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and the, this uh, this game does a great job of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, uh, you know, it is, you're ne- I think you're never going to get that. And you're also, I'm glad that Kyle brought up the kind of downside parts of it, too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I've I've played some bad, like, DN, D&D games, you know, mm-hmm. where it's not, like, all the promise and, and wonder of of tabletop. It's just kind of tedious and frustrating. <laughs> Right. Um, and this, you don't get any of that. So it kind of scrapes the edges off in a good way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely becomes something else, you know? And I think that like, that is 
you know, specifically like with like the combat in Fallout One and Two, like that is very explicitly like a tabletop kind of thing. Like your whole point of like, oh, I'm moving these guys around on a board more than anything. Like, yeah, and I think that that speaks to how New Vegas kind of evokes those and just kind of that grand tradition. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ryan writes in via contact saying. New Vegas came out shortly before I turned 16, which is when I first started coming to terms with my sexuality and gender identity, a stressful time for any teenager. So it felt really great that my favorite game was treating uh, sexuality the way that it did, with a variety of LGBT NPCs and companions like Arcade and Veronica, and allowing you to play a character of whatever sexuality you wanted. 15-year-old me had hardly ever seen a bisexual person in media, let alone been able to play one, um, and I feel that the game did play a role in helping me come to terms with who I was. I saw a comment from a producer of the game, Tess Threadwell, uh, talking about um, how if her work on New Vegas helped even one LGBT person, she succeeded. Well, it helped me, so she did. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. That's that, that's that's really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk about it that much, but it, it does a really good job of like, putting in characters, um, LGBT characters without it, you know, in a, in a respectful way that does not make their stories entirely about that. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, like I uh, talking about Veronica and, uh, and arcade, it's kind of no big deal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more so with Veronica, her identity in that regard is kind of played up into her backstory, but with both of them, it is not like a source of angst. It is not a source of, you know, kind of alienation. Um, it is just kind of like, yeah, this is who I am. And mm-hmm. nothing more is made of it. Yeah, so that, yeah, that is awesome. Uh, Kilo says via contact. I noticed a neat design trick during my latest playthrough. In a game like Skyrim, I just look at my compass for a location uh, for location markers when exploring. But Obsidian made use of the flat Mojave and made many important locations stick out on the horizon. You can see the glow of the strip from many places: Helios One, Black Mountain, the NCR statues at the south border, even the Dinky di- Dinky the dinosaur statue made exploration more interesting, uh, partly because I knew there were neat things to find. The dinky dinosaur. Yeah, I like the uh, the landmarks. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, the uh, kind of the flat nature of the Mojave is kind of used as a uh, kind of criticism against the game. I think that those landmarks help work for that. And the fact that you can kind of look and see where you're going next. Well, and the fact that the radar has no vertical that makes like exploring <laughs> vertical space is kind of annoying anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Corbin writes in uh, via contact saying, uh, the best thing about this game uh, is that it can come as close as possible uh, to a modern game that needs voice acting um, and cutscenes as it can uh, to giving you that crazy amount of options that an old game like Planescape or Fallout 2 had. So in spite of the fact that it needs uh, voice acting, it does those crazy option stuff. Uh, one of the best ways uh, to show you this is in the myriad of Let's Plays that Maya, or sorry, Mania True Nerd has done uh, on this game. And there's a link there. Um, he has uh, beaten this game, killing everybody he possibly could and killing no one. And the game is still completable. Um, he has also finished uh, the game and all of the DLCs on a single life bar, as well um, as no healing allowed, which is one of the most amazing video game things that I have ever witnessed. Um, I saw yeah. I saw a lot of people on uh, Slack talking about this same playthrough. I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah, I, I started watching it a little bit just to hear him set up the premise, but I don't really have time to watch full Let's Plays. Yes. Um, so I haven't watched the whole thing, but it, it is a really cool idea, and it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, I checked in on a random one that was kind of late into it and he had 250 hit points out of 450 oh jesus so who knows uh, how that would work Mm -hmm. i imagine just being very cautious yeah so 
very cool mm-hmm. yeah i mean like this is a fully voiced game that has a tremendous breadth of options and like it is right at the edge i think of what's tenable for that mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah and uh, uh david here says by contact uh, one of my favorite fallout dlcs was the pit simply because it deprived you of all the high-end gear that made the game a breeze with the memories of the chinese stealth armor fresh off my mind i went into the new vegas dlcs with nothing but a knife a sawed-off shotgun and a few stim packs this forced me to engage with the new content and build my arsenal up uh, rather than, again, turning uh, instead of turning my nose up at the wooden clubs and throwing spears compared to my gear back home. I was a stranger in a strange land, and I had to adapt to survive. I hope one of you takes this approach to the extra content. Uh, I didn't. Nope. I um, mean, just look, we've got to complete it. <laughs> yeah. Got, I mean, got to get through it. I like that. I've done the really early gear thing. I've gone through uh, two of the DLCs with very early gear before. Right. But nothing, not with nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to do that with dead money, um, because I was kind of like sticking to primarily, uh, revolver pistols. I kind of had a little bit of that, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, like with my perks, giving me a bunch of stuff, but like, I wasn't rolling in with, you know, mini nukes and, you know, energy weapons and stuff like that. So I had a little bit, but like, uh, you know, I never like self-imposed a challenge beyond that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, Very cool. Quentin writes in via contact saying, listening to your podcast inspired me to finally play the Fallout games for the first time ever over the last year. I'm very glad I played them, but all of them feel, uh, fell into the, quote, like it, don't totally love it, unquote, category for me. Um, and in trying to put my finger on why, I had a sort of epiphany. It comes down to one big reason for me, the wasteland. It's ugly, it's decrepit, and I just don't like looking at it. As much as I might be enjoying the story and the characters, at a certain point, I burn out uh, and just kind of charge forward to the end game. It made me realize I spent my whole adult life living in big, ugly cities, and video games are a real outlet for me to take in some beautiful scenery um, that I just don't get in real life. Even Skyrim, which on paper I shouldn't like anywhere near as much as New New Vegas, um, as the writing and characters just can't measure up, I played through um, every last major side quest and sucked the marrow out of of every last dragon bone. And mostly because Skyrim at a certain point just became a nature walk simulator for me, um, with the occasional dragon attack. Uh, The Wasteland just cannot compare. Even Dark Souls while it uh, may be ugly at times, has uh, at least has arenas uh, that are uh, of overgrown scenery and cool spooky castles. Fallout's ugliness is just too relentless um, that it wears me down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't... Uh, I, I never care about that in games. Mm-hmm. Not that... you know, it's just, it's just different values, like every difference in opinion mm-hmm. in games, but it never... Like, I will get... Uh, when brownness or sameness doesn't interfere with navigation, mm-hmm. it very rarely bothers me. Yeah. Like I had a, a epiphany where I was like, oh man, I don't like that. This is a, like even sewer levels, right? Everyone complains about sewer levels. Mm-hmm. When I'm complaining about that, what I'm actually complaining about is it being hard to get around. Yeah. Like nine times out of 10. Um, you know, so this is like, it's just not something that is a value for me. I'm going to frame this like as a superpower, but like when theming becomes an issue, um you know theming that isn't supported by like any greater story or just you know anything that becomes kind of monotonous i can kind of like flip on my predator vision and see the wireframe and okay. like you know specifically with like a suit with like a sewer level like oh all those have like very similar structures and stuff like even that wireframe is boring to me as opposed yeah. to like what i'm seeing here you know it's just, it's just which context you are more interested in like i am it's more important to me to have interesting things to do than to be in an in, in an interesting place. Mm-hmm. 
And I also, I mean, they're not uninteresting to me. They just don't, uh, yeah. like the, the kind of, uh, the thing, like I live in cities too. Um, I just don't, yeah, I just don't get, I'm not attached to places that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this, this applies to real life too. Like I remember when I, I, you know, I grew up in a small town and I, my friends were moving to Chicago and I had friends who'd be like, man, you know, you get to the city and you just feel the pulse of the city. Like you just, you just know what's going on. And I'm like, nope, I just feel like I'm in a different place. Let's go do something <laughs> like you know, I'm going to go see a concert and I feel just as good going to a concert here as somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like yeah. if I'm with people I like and the music is good, like it doesn't, uh, I don't react very strongly to place. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit closer to Quentin than, uh, than to you, honestly, mm-hmm. in, um, theming and atmosphere and stuff like that. I think that games really succeed on, on atmosphere and mood over mm-hmm. a lot of other kind of stuff. Um, but I, I still kind of like can extend a lot of goodwill toward, uh, you know, the fallout series, even with the wasteland and stuff like that, just because, you know, maybe just the tolerances, the tolerances are different, you know? Yeah. Well, and also like they're, they're very different, uh, wastelands, right? So mm-hmm. like Fallout three wasteland looks very different than the Mojave desert. Yeah. Which doesn't look like, it does look like a, an outdoor simulator. It's just a different place other than Skyrim, mm-hmm. you know? And then you get to, once you actually get to the strip or get to the mountains or something like that, it does look pretty different. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I don't, I just don't see that so much in any Fallout other than Fallout 3, which like it's very intentional in Fallout 3. This is something I actually like about it. It's not just me complaining about it, mm-hmm. but I don't see it in, in New Vegas, really. Right. That kind of, uh, the relentless ugliness, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just, yeah, not, not a, not a factor, but I understand like it makes sense. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Follows. Um, Paul says by contact. Two things really stuck out to me in my most recent playthrough of New Vegas. One, I think New Vegas is the only piece of fiction I've ever seen in which Latin, uh, Latin is pronounced correctly, Caesar instead of Caesar, uh, Kenturian instead of Centurion, etc. Um, <laughs> he says et cetera. Oh, et cetera. That's very funny. I missed that. Uh, it's even used for a little world building. Only the legionaries pronounce Latin words this way, a detail particular to Caesar, Caesar's re-education. Uh, two, the ghost people in Dead Money are infuriating to deal with. Everyone tells you to avoid them, but my understanding is that a bug makes their zero perception into infinite perception, rendering stealth largely useless. Uh, but they're probably the most evocative, eerie addition to the Fallout universe in New Vegas. Uh, the way they are clumsy yet nimble, feral yet cunning, immortal yet destructible, really makes them unlike anything else in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't can't remember if we forgot to mention the Kaiser thing. That's a that's a failing because oh, I like we, that too. We, we, we talked about that. Like we, okay. we we totally talked about like you can tell if somebody is a Caesar uh, yeah. or a legionary by the way they pronounce Caesar. Um, yeah, and uh, I agree. Like so, I I was able to sneak past um, the uh, the ghosts. I don't know. If that's just like it's harder than it ought to be. But like I still think that works in Dead Money's favor that they are yeah. more perceptive than they than they should. Well, partly because Dead Money actually like. As much as the map marking stuff doesn't work for verticality, I like the addition of rooftops mm-hmm. and like the places you can actually go to avoid them. Like yeah. they're very rarely indoors and they're almost never on top of something. So like if you can get up to the roof, you can do a lot of avoiding. Right. Even the big uh, indoor stuff like the uh, the vault has uh, has like rooftop stuff in it. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Amanda writes in um, saying, I avoided playing Fallout New Vegas for a long time because all I'd ever heard about was how buggy it was. I think Fallout New Vegas has one of my favorite openings in a video game. It's so pulpy and has a def- uh, has a, such a distinctive sense of place and tone. I do wish that Vegas was bigger, though. The game manages to have a to have people be morally gray in a way that does not make everyone completely unlikable. That being said, shooting Benny in his dumb, sexist face was incredibly <laughs> satisfying as a lady courier, and I 
always feel uh, ready to wander the Mojave Wasteland with Boone and Rex. I do think that Bethesda learned a lot with its companions um, in the last couple of ones, and uh, the ones in 4 are likable, unlike basically everyone um, in Fallout 3. Having not played 4, I don't know if that's true, but I've heard good stuff about them. Yeah, it's mostly true. Yep. Like, four, 4 is nothing quite as, like, good as, as the New Vegas Companions, yeah. but Four's Companions are pretty good. That's something where, like, I, I hesitate to hold anything up to the standard, because yeah. then I wouldn't be happy with anything. Yeah, they're, 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 a, they're a huge improvement. Yep. Um, Fallout 4, like, everything that Fallout... I can't think of anything 3 does better than 4. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the things that I like about 3, I get from 4 plus more. And here's the thing. I mean, yeah. having not played any of 4 like beyond the tutorial there is very little besides the practicalities of time and space stopping me from just like running the hd the hdmi cable to my tv and just playing more of four tonight yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah so. the um yeah the only thing that's worse in four is the dialogue stuff uh which is kind of a bummer but yeah. it's not like the dialogue options are particularly good in three right you know so um but yeah it is uh they definitely have learned a lot and uh i am i'm way into these people so great Agreed. Um, Chris says via contact. Fallout New Vegas is a fantastic game, but one I only truly began to appreciate upon multiple playthroughs. Previously, when playing games such as this, I always had created a jack-of-all-trades character in order to see as much as possible in one run. As I now understand, it's far more enjoyable to play the game as a character with both strengths and weaknesses to make for more interesting scenarios. My favorite way to play New Vegas is to create a high-intelligence, high-charisma character who doesn't engage in combat and is made of glass. Uh, this no combat build doesn't necessarily mean you have to play as a goody two shoes either. I have also role played as an evil Mr. Burns type character uh, who has the poison tongue and intellect to influence others to do their dirty work for them. If only more games allowed this freedom. Yeah, I like that. How a talky, how a talky path doesn't have to necessarily be a nonviolent path. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is a role, a role playing. And there's a real uh, one of the YouTube critics, like Aaron Signal, did a really good thing about Fallout Four, where he kind of talks about previous entries in the series as well. Hmm. Um, but it's about how Fallout Four isn't very good as a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, there's lots of strengths to that game. I end up liking it, but uh, it's not very good as a role playing game. And he kind of explains part of it is how you are not forced to specialize. Um, you end up having to, uh, God, you you end up having to uh, make all of your stats kind of low in the beginning. And then you gain a stat every level. So it pushes you towards a generalist. Right. Like it's essentially like you just keep getting better and better and better. Is that a product uh, of the way that special and perks are aligned? Um, yeah. Okay. That, that's part of it. It's like all of the level up stuff in that makes for a, a version of that stuff that works, but is not very satisfying. I mean, like it, there's not really a way to play like a talkie character because everyone will eventually become, you know, be able to become somewhat like a talkie character. Right. yeah i mean like it sounds like they lean too far into the way like people naturally play these games without actually looking at like the ways that that could be complicated yeah that's i mean that's a good way to put it yeah yep uh what does tim say oh uh, this is me i thought it was you (laughs) um yeah uh tim says by contact fallout new vegas may be my favorite game of all time it took the best from fallout 3 cut out the bad and added much needed character to the desolate wasteland and its boring inhabitants um, I know you guys are going to cover all the reasons why New Vegas is leaps and bounds better than Fallout 3, so I'll spare my comments uh, to some of the things I love about the game. First, I love the choice of making the game's mascot the NCR Ranger instead of the usual power armor from the other games. Such a neat design. Second, I like how your character creation and perk choices in New Vegas allow for more specialized builds along with added content. While any build with 9 endurance slash 9 intelligence pretty much lets you min-max the game if you want, 
playing through the game as a one intelligence uh, plus all the dialogue perks character is probably the most fun I've ever had in an RPG. <laughs> uh, finally, the very best thing in the game. It's funny. It's so funny that you don't even need to take the Wild Wasteland perk to get the best laughs. So many moments uh, made me smile when I think about them. Compared to Fallout 3's uh, jokes from Mr. Handy, this game is a laugh riot. Running into guys like Fantastic and No Bark made trekking the Mojave wa- Wasteland a delightful experience. Obsidian is awesome. Is that just a th- so we treat humor as kind of a universal value? You know, mm-hmm. like even if it can't save something that otherwise is flawed, like something like a deadly premonition or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, like is that is like the fact that we're letting this off the hook for so much stuff because it's funny to us. Does that speak more to our values or is that something that could be more universal? I, I mean, I don't know if we're like to me when we say that it's laying off the hook, like it's kind of portraying this game as like a game that has fatal flaws that we're forgiving in the yeah, face I, of what's special I, about I, it. I said that inelegantly, like yeah. it just like, are we, the, the worst things about this game are like seven out of 10, right? You right. know, like the worst things about this game are totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not, we don't have to, the humor doesn't have to do that much work mm-hmm. um, in order to make up for the things that are lackluster mm-hmm. um, about it. Um, I do think that it is hard to have sharp writing without humor. Right. In it, it's hard for me to think of very many examples of games that are well written and there are like no jokes in it. Mm-hmm. You know, even like there are funny bits of torment, you know, like torment is, is large of that, but you still have more like you still have comic relief. And that's I mean, you know, that's not a revelation. Comic relief is a thing like you add that to really yeah. dramatic, uh, you know, things. So um, I think that what we're reacting to is just good writing. Yeah. You know, if it's stuff that if the idea is if your question is that, like, if it's stuff we didn't think was funny, if that would still do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not, but I would consider it to be bad writing, whether that's, and that's subjective too. Yeah. Cause then you run into something like Borderlands too, which is like lots of memes and is not very funny. <laughs> and we like um, memes. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. And we like memes. <laughs> well, just, I was just thinking about like game development times, right? Like if somebody was making Borderlands 2 now, they'd be full of Dat Boys. <laughs> like you, you'd fight an army of Dat Boys and like Dat Boys is not going to have yeah. that kind of shelf life. Like, <laughs> Well, that boy didn't have enough like shelf life. Like when I said, like, "Oh, this is kind of funny," and then by the time that episode came out, I was like, "I'm totally over it." <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, and that's that's the problem with adding meme-based humor. That's why, yeah, right, you know, right, yeah, memes don't work in there. Yeah, like like that was kind of like, hypoth- like a hypothetical hypothetical question because like I'm not going to change my mind about how important humor is. Like I oh, feel no. the same way that you do, but it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for ways that we can be challenged in that. Yeah. And like humor does, you know, save a lot of stuff, even if it doesn't need saving. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Matthew writes in, and this is the, uh, the last one here. Um, I thought I liked Fallout 3. Even now, I still have a, a nostalgic type affection for it. Um, as it was the first Fallout title that I ever played. However, New Vegas is another beast entirely. I adore this game more than words can properly articulate. It's my most it's my most played uh, game on Steam behind only Terraria and Isaac Rebirth. Every year or so, I'll get bitten by the Fallout bug um, and find myself reinstalling it uh, for yet another playthrough. However, all of the good is marred by some bad. Um, it is still ultimately on the much better, <laughs> sorry, it is still ultimately on the much maligned Gamebryo engine, and as a consequence, ca- uh, crashes like crazy. Two of the DLCs are also really bad, almost indefensibly so. I like the idea of Dead Money, but the execution is so awful that I can't bring myself to play it again. Um, then we have Lonesome Road. God, what a twist. <laughs> God, how I hate Lonesome Road. Um, I played the DLC packs as they came out, and each one built up to a confrontation between you and, uh, you and Ulysses. Um, then, 
uh, you, you get into uh, why he did what he did at the end, and it was because he was pissed off that you, uh, pissed off that you didn't care about a random town in the middle of bunfuck nowhere. <laughs> Um, it was, uh, sorry, I was super disappointed that the epic conclusion was so eye-rollingly stupid, uh, but no point in dwelling on the bad. In fact, I think it's high time that I reinstalled and played yet again. What a, what a weird, uh, like, I love that these, uh, DLCs that like the two of them that we would consider to be in the middle yeah. are the two of them they consider like mm-hmm. to be absolutely the worst. Yeah. I think for yeah. like really subjective reasons too. Um, yeah. Not like so I'm not. Uh, God, if anybody. All, all reasoning for liking any of these things. Or something. Right, and I don't. You're not want, saying that as a dismissal. Yeah, exactly. I don't want anybody to ever think that I like me saying something is subjective is me dismissing it because that is totally real. <laughs> um, but yeah. like you know, for like reasons that are incredibly valid, like Dead Money is a very strong gameplay statement, right? And like you know, if you're not if you're not 100 on board, like even we, you know, two people who really liked it got super annoyed with it by the end you know yeah yeah Yeah. and new vegas like if you're not down for you for ulysses and like kind of resistant to the way that it's trying to manipulate you like yeah i could totally see that you know like the combat dungeon the combat dungeon cannot be enough to save you from being disappointed you know in the lackluster payoff to this build-up they've been doing right yeah if you're if you're not into not into the payoff right you know which is fine like i don't i definitely don't obviously don't feel like they're indefensibly bad because right. we defended them, uh, you know, for for a bunch of time during the last episode. But right. the um, yeah, I guess it just kind of shows that they are. I like that they're so divisive because it feels like they're risky. Yep. To me, like both of those DLCs, more than the other two, tried to do something kind of weird mm-hmm. with an engine and game kind of franchise. Because a lot of people we didn't get here from this person a lot, but I imagine that there's a user out there who like came to this after being really into Oblivion and Fallout Three, mm-hmm. and we're just like, what, why are you trying to deal with this shit at all? Like yeah. Oblivion's not about anything, you know, <laughs> like that game doesn't have a, an overarching theme really. Like it, there's lore to that. You can kind of read, there's a lot of like little things about it, but really mm-hmm. it's just like, Hey, there are monster gates. Yeah. Like, like, like the lore stuff is so in the margins. Honestly. Yeah. You know, like, no. so the, the kind of, I could see people and I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this is true, Matthew. Like I'm saying, but I can see the person who like sees this game trying to, take a gameplay attempt to explore a theme and just being turned off by that because that's not what they're looking for. Right. You know, that's valid too. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, and you know, whether or not you pull back the thing that you were expecting, you know, does impact, you know, your impression of the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody. Yeah. Super great, uh, thoughtful responses. Yeah. This is, this is a good, uh, this is a good episode. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's still more to come. Yes, there is because Because, we, We have a special guest, uh, one Mr. Brayden Cameron from uh, Teenage Dirtbags and the Pitch Unloaded. Although it's not the same universe. Pitch Uploaded. Yeah, the there we un- go. Uh, unloaded is next. <laughs> there That's we go. That's not true. We, we do have a, we have an idea for our like donation incentive for Duck Duckstream, and it is not a season of the pitch, but I really want to do it. So um, we, <laughs> tell, you know, we'll to, talk about that then. To tell me off the air or don't. I, I, yeah, no, I will. It is, I think you'll take it. Okay. It's a funny idea. Um, the uh, Yeah, so we have a little segment where he's going to talk to us about mods. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, in the show notes, um, you'll find a link to kind of an aggregate of some of those. So yeah. if you do, if you listen to these episodes, do make does make you want to reinstall New Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, you can listen to what Brayden has to say and so see what sounds cool as far as ways to alter the way you play. Yeah. And uh, stick around after that for uh, for some admin. And as promised, here is Brayden Cameron. Hey, Brayden. Hi, Brayden. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Yeah, I mean, it's a hot one, but we're good. <laughs> uh, it is. 
it is that almost makes uh, you wish for a nuclear winner <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes um is that not a joke from fallout to vegas from Doesn't the self same game that? yeah it's a, yeah. all the ncr yeah. folks say it oh that's right with this with the same terrible. inflection because you know same voice actors because they're dead inside yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're strangled by red tape to answer your question it is also a warm and muggy one here in cincinnati however we've got uh rip roar and uh thunderstorms right now so Ooh. Yeah. yeah i would i would trade you i like that riders on the storm we call them rad storms <laughs> um oh my favorite doris song <laughs> rad storms uh so we brought Braden cameron in to talk to us about mods, because as we we mentioned in the uh, one of the earlier episodes, we play this vanilla to get the vanilla experience, but modding is such a huge, important part of New Vegas. We didn't want to leave it out entirely, so we outsourced it uh, <laughs> yeah. by volunteer. Brayton was like, hey, I could play a bunch of mods, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. 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 I, I was really excited. I was listening to the Fallout 3 episodes, and I was like, oh, man, I really want to play Fallout again, but I don't want to play... Fallout 3, <laughs> and then the opportunity came up to like have a reason to play Fallout New Vegas uh, and try some some mods, because that was one of my favorite things about Skyrim after I played through the first time. I was like, oh, let's mod the shit out of this. So I figured modding uh, New Vegas would also be a fun time, and I wasn't wrong. Hmm. You've, hmm. Uh, you've played uh, New Vegas before, right? I have, but it's been many, many years. So there, there might be some things that come up where I'll be like, "Hey, this cool thing happened." You're like, "No, that's that's normal." <laughs> <laughs> um, also, this is the first time you've played New Vegas as a good guy because your standard playthrough, if I recall, is as a human eating uh, <laughs> maniac. Death machine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. My he favorite... goes at every encampment uh, and eats everyone. <laughs> yeah. And that was, you know, as soon as I found out there was a, a bonus for being a cannibal, like an eating specific people, that was like the, my biggest goal in life. So, um, so I just kind of went through and ate everybody. Uh, and I just love the idea of just, I was playing as a melee character who would just run, run around with a regular sledgehammer and like base armor, but just kept shoveling so much food in my mouth from uh, the humans that I had killed that I was more or less invulnerable to bullets. Like, it was... <laughs> yeah, it, it happens, man. You eat enough people. <laughs> you you ascend into godhood. Fury Road is about. <laughs> yeah. The um, yeah. So tell us, uh, tell us about these mods. The way this will work is Brayden's going to kind of tell us about the mods, and we'll ask questions and, and comment and, and yeah. stuff. And, There'll be a link in the show notes to kind of a general resource for getting them. Um, there won't be a link for all of them, but you'll be able to find them uh, with a little a little combination of Googling and show notes. Yeah. Uh, so first, you know, I break the, the mods down into certain categories for, for what you, you know, depending on what, what your experience is, you want your experience to be. Um, so what I did is start with utility mods. Uh, some of these mods are pretty much necessary. Um, like for the uh, NVSE script extender, which basically is just a mod to help you run other mods to keep it short. A lot of them are necessary uh, for some of the bigger mods or the like big overhaul mods. Um, so you need to have the script extender in there. And it's really easy to find any mod that needs it from the mod Nexus. Uh, our Nexus mod uh, will have a link to it. Sorry, that was probably one of the more like it takes a little bit of extra work to install it, but not too much. Yeah, I, I got some experience with that, and I see that you also use the mod manager, which is pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, and, yeah like a like a front end for plugging stuff in and unplugging it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
just you can drag and drop. Uh, I, for whatever reason, couldn't get the downloads to work directly from the Mod Nexus website, so I had to download everything manually and then plug it in. But really? that's probably just Windows 10 being buggy. I well, you know, it's, it's great. They keep telling Windows 10 tells me Windows 10 is great. So. <laughs> yeah, like every couple of days. Yeah, praise Windows yeah. 10 for Windows 10. Yeah, whenever yeah. Windows 10 so, is installed, everyone should be asking, hey, where's Windows 10? <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so uh, once you have that installed, it's easy to go ahead and grab the mod manager for all the mods you're going to use. And one of the things you want to get pretty early is going to be the mod configuration menu, which is um, it adds a bonus to your, like, you know, you know, when you pause the game, I shouldn't say bonus. Uh, it, when you pause the game, it adds a, another selection for you to go in and configure some of your mods. Not every mod uses it. Um, but a lot of your utility mods that we're going to get into, like Project Nevada or your HUD, uh, a few other mods, uh, your flashlight mods, um, you'll be able to go into the mod configuration menu and change some things around in there mid-game, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, tell us what those, what those things are. What are these? Uh, what is Chasm? What is... Uh, what is oh, yeah. The, okay. The, yeah. So Ch Chasm is... Uh, it's basically it's a new like a new save um system so instead of using the the base system in um in new vegas you can set up chasm to save more often save on a timer um save every time you enter or leave uh, the pip boy screen uh it also is uh, better at documenting your saves oh thank um, god yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so it's a little it's a little bit easier to to go back when something either crashes or screws up or, you know, if you want to just make a different choice or something. Yeah. So Chasm's great for that. <laughs> We've got a notebook, uh, uh, notebook page with, uh, with some numbers written down, uh, like, okay, I've got to scroll down to save number 123 for, uh, you yeah. know, this, this particular thing I want to see again. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's not, it, it's, it's a little better at that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, one of the other uh, major things that you're going to be able to change in the mod configuration menu is something called Project Nevada, or Nevada, depending on how you like to pronounce it, um, which is kind of a, a, a pretty major mod that uh, adds a lot of rebalancing. It adds a cybernetics thing uh, and some kind of changes to just visuals. Um, so when I say rebalancing, it it can you can enter into something like a uh, like a more serious survival mode like it it changes you know you can turn on and off whether or not food heals you you can change the way that stealth works um you can add uh like a mini game for um doing repairs and modifications hmm, well, what um, is the mini game you know i didn't actually play it i'm sorry oh. <laughs> <laughs> um it was what a, a, that was I was already doing so many mods. I didn't have to mod my mods. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I yeah, there are a lot of mods. I I definitely believe there's tons of mods here. And so that's cool that it adds yeah. that thing. Was this the thing with the uh, cybernetics with the the chain of perks that you were no, using? Uh, well, yeah, actually it was. Yeah. Okay. Cuz yeah, this the cybernetics thing introduces like a a chain of contingent perks. So like you get a cybernetic arm and that allows you to take perks later that affect it. Um, so you switch mm -hmm. out parts of your body for cyborg parts, which seemed really cool. So it it yeah, turns it turns uh, New Vegas into Deus Ex. It turns into Fallout Four. Kind of. <laughs> like you, you become yeah, a or a little bit like that. Yeah, you can uh, you take a perk that will give you slots basically for your arms or your legs or your head, and then you pick up uh, while you're traveling throughout the waste. You can pick up items like uh, razor nails 
or uh, a throat modulator or something like that that improves your charisma. Oh, like a throatoscope. Yeah. Like a throatoscope or a pleasure throat or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, or it's like Shadowrun. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. That was super cool. Um, what In the uh, the world of utility, what other, what other mods are? Oh, so many. So many. We're going through. Okay. So okay. Uh, one of my favorites is iHUD, which uh, teams up well with OneHUD and uh, UOI, which is User Interface Organizer. And iHUD is Immersive HUD. So it's, uh, it's made by Gopher, who's a kind of a big YouTuber and also modder. Um, and iHUD um, basically will hide your HUD for you when you don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And you can turn a lot of settings on and off. Like I always keep the radar on, but you can hide your, you can add new things to it, for example. Uh, like you can show what your encumbrance is or what your rads are or anything like that. But it can also hide uh, when you're not, when you're just walking around the waist you don't really need to see what your ammo is or what your health bar is and stuff like that. So it adds more kind of an immersive experience is what the idea is. Hmm. Does it make Very it like cool. context sensitive? Does like, it know, like, okay, you're in combat now. So let's pop up the, yeah. the combat stuff. That's a, that is a, uh, an option you can choose or you can keep it off all the time. Hmm. You can, uh, you can have your HUD pop up when you draw your weapon, for example, or just when you're in combat. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, one HUD uh, takes a few other HUDs and kind of combines them into one. Uh, obviously, that's where the name comes from. You go for there. And then that all matches together in iHUD, and it's all controlled through the mod configuration menu. Huh. Yeah, so there's a couple more uh, performance-based mods that I want to talk about real quick. Uh, so there's uh, the 4 gig Fallout New Vegas updated file, which basically uh, scripts your, your launcher so that it actually uses four gigs of virtual memory. This allows uh, your game should run a little bit faster, a little bit better, uh, but also will allocate the memory that you need for all these mods that you're going to be running. This is really great. Um, Along that line, there's the New Vegas Anti-Crash, NVAC, and then the Xan Auto-Purge Crash Protector. So it helps to... (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Xan Auto-Purge Crash Protector sounds like something that they'd offer you at a car wash, right? (laughs) Yeah, or or like a, a like a god hand or like a Sega arcade game, like special move you'd buy. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that helps out a lot with uh, with helping reduce the crashes that you're just gonna run into because it's New Vegas. Uh, there's the uh, Yuki Chi Chi guy, I think Yuki Chi guy unofficial patch, uh, which is just fixing some bugs. And uh, one of my favorites is Performance of the Gods, which uh, actually removes a bunch of clutter from the world, making it, one, unfortunately, a little bit cleaner, uh, if, <laughs> if that's a, a thing that you're worried about, uh, but also makes it, um, you know, run better because it doesn't have to load all that crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's we talked every time we've done a Fallout game, we've talked about how ridiculous it is that, like, it's 400 years and no one has picked up the skeleton from their living room. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like. Just put it in a pile, like somewhere. You don't even have to like. I understand that there's no like waste processing, which is weird too. But I understand that there's no nothing to actually do with it. It's that's also was a human. You could bury it. Yeah. Like this was yeah. this one. This is a lost soul. Put it in the ground, man. No, the ground's right. irradiated. We can't open that up. Uh, so yeah. last thing is the New Vegas stutter remover, which kind of, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the final thing that for this is that is not actually a mod for the game. It's called Loot, and it's the load order optimization tool. And a lot of your 
mods uh you know they require other mods to run first and uh there's probably there's a better order and if you don't really know what you're doing uh load order optimization tool is a great tool to look at your mods figure out where how they should load and it'll automatically update your nexus mod manager or i think your fallout mod manager too so it's like a traffic conductor, like all of these cover different things, but there are dependencies and this sorts all that out. So you can cover your bases. Exactly. So, you know, even if you, you know, your NVSE script extender will be in there really early uh, as a, as opposed to really late. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. yeah. So, uh, so that's basically the utilities. Um, a, a big thing in the community as well is visual mods, uh, making the game look better. Um, and that's something that some people care about and something that, you know, not everybody cares about, but, uh, so if you want better textures, uh, pretty much everybody agrees that Ojo Bueno is the way to go. Okay. Uh, there's also, uh, there's a performance, there's a full version. There's a performance version. The performance version obviously is for like older PCs and stuff so that you're not using as much, um, of your computing power. Uh, now, if you want to work on after that, you're going to have to change your shaders, right? So you can mm -hmm. use either Dynamo or Ruby are the ones that I liked a lot. Both of those also have performance versions. Um, now, yeah, which is a Dyn Dynamo or Ruby that has Larvitar? Because I'm going to avoid that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lar Larvitar has got a grudge, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's coming after He's, you. It's coming after you. Exactly. Um, I go Welcome. <laughs> Like I, I mean, I just gonna sneak up on you and, and touch your dick, you know. Yeah, that's Lar Larvitar in the sheets and, and <laughs> any any other Pokemon in the street. So, um, okay, so this is where we get into something that I think is really cool, and I put it under visual mods, though I guess it could be anywhere else, and that's Nevada skies, which changes the weather instead of just being static. Uh, it can rain, it can have sun, uh, like sandstorms. Um, it can be sunny, it can be cloudy. Um, you can set it by your mood because there's like a little, you'll get a piece of equipment that you can, uh, you can take a look at and then it'll allow you to like set up basically like a playlist for what you want for your weather, or you can just <laughs> randomize it. Um, one of my favorite things and also least favorite things is that Nevada sky also introduces rad storms, which changes everything like to this dark, terrifying green and you get four rad per second for being outside. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, but, well, that, those, those are a feature in Fallout 4. Like, that yeah. happens with some frequency in Fallout 4. Um, you just have to get inside. Yeah. You know? It it's kind of, it's one of those things that's kind of cool. It's like fighting dragons in Skyrim where it's, like, cool the first couple times and it just becomes this rote, monotonous exercise. Yeah, where yeah. you just have to you run know? inside. But if you're yeah. playing a survival game, I could see why that would, you know. Yeah. yeah. To it. Now, with Nevada Skies, it also makes your nights darker and your darks darker. So... To balance that out a little bit, you get Electricity, which adds more lights, light fixtures, lamp posts, and uh, general things. And it doesn't reduce the darkness so much as it like is a good contrast. It's a nice compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. it would make sense for cities to light up if there wasn't as much ambient light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think it's really cool, especially like when you get close to Vegas and you can see it from far away, and mm -hmm. like it's it looks really neat at night. Um, <laughs> adding adding on to that, and I know this is technically could have been an item, but I put it in a visual mods is the NVSE flashlight mod, which um, gives you a flashlight that you can hold, uh, which is way better than your Pip-Boy light, um, <laughs> but also uh, adds flashlight 
flashlights to power armor helmets, or you can get a flashlight harness, or you can uh, get wearable flashlights for your head. Um, so it has a lot of really cool stuff like that. And this is um, this is like a directional flashlight, like it casts a circle of light in front of you. Yes, Ooh. exactly. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention is that like in Project Nevada, one of the things that's really cool is it adds uh, visual overlays for when you're wearing a helmet. So if you put on uh, a power armor helmet, it limits where you can see things, but you can also add things like night vision and thermal vision, which is kind of cool. Via Sam Fisher. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so one of my favorite visual mods is called Eve, Essential Visual Enhancements, and that is new animations for death, better energy weapon stuff. Uh, like it'll add like a little laser crosshair on your laser guns, but then also adds like these crazy laser death uh, animations. Like you shoot somebody and if you get a critical, it like you can see the laser erupt from inside of them and just shoot everywhere out and they explode <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. glorious. If It really makes playing energy weapons so much better. So they, so they just had a, a laser pour eruption? Yeah, basically. Nice. Very cool. Um, the last thing I added in this group, group was uh, the official, the official Pip Boy Redis, which is just kind of it takes your regular Pip Boy and allows you to change it to something that looks kind of more like a cell phone or something. Uh, it's kind of a nice customizable thing if you want to go that route. Can I get Snake on it? Uh, I don't know. I want Snake. Brady, it sounds like give me Snake. Getting Snake on it doesn't sound like you're talking about the old the old Q Basic game. It sounds like like a real gross like. Like you're one of the Clockwork Orange guys, <laughs> oh, you, you Vin, know, like oh, we're gonna Vin, go get snake on it. Vinny will, my droogs, we've got a little bit of snake violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta go get some snake on that. And they're just like, oh, jeez, guys, put, put, put your ding dongs uh, away. Maloco like, plus, <laughs> your logo plus. Maloco yeah. plus. Oh, okay, yeah. I like the idea of it being your logo plus yeah. too. Yes, yeah, yeah. snake milk, my logo plus. Yeah, any, yeah, any of those things work for <laughs> for Clockwork Orange dick slang. <laughs> And a clockwork on his dick slang. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Th those, I watched you play with a bunch of these and it does look way cooler. Yeah. Um, and, and so much of the, this visual stuff, it's interesting because it just in interest of immersion and just that survival mode thing, because some people are way in, and we talked about this in the episodes, but like some people are way into this idea of like, Oh, it's nighttime. I have to go hide out, yeah. you know, and wait, like that's like the simulation part of it is really appealing to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's cool that that's been leaned into by the mod community. Yeah, yeah. A lot um, of people wanted to like have food and water necessary mods, and like the Jay Sawyer mod, for example, is like adds a lot of difficulty for that that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, the uh, the the weather one sounds the most interesting, actually, just from uh, from an atmosphere standpoint. Yeah, it's really cool. That, I, that in, the, in the darkness, I, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, it does. It really like when you go underground with with that mod it you have to use a flashlight like there's no there's mm. no way around it like it's just black <laughs> do, do the flashlights have battery like do they use energy uh, yeah you can you can turn it on and off the batteries because uh, uh the flashlight mod is actually you can customize it in the um in the mod configurator mm -hmm. um so you can you can change those settings and it use it'll use your energy cells uh like if you leave it on for five minutes it uses a full energy cell mm. oh. yeah well, I, I mean, in the pre-release uh, material, you had to use a flashlight. And then the, the version they fucking released, there's no darkness at all. I think <laughs> yeah. we need to boycott from. Like, I, I don't think that there's... <laughs> we got anyway. cheated, Gary. 
Yeah, we got cheated. Consumer revolt. Um, <laughs> tell us about uh, tell us about weapon, armor, homes, and item mods, Brayton. Okay. Uh, so I kept this list pretty short, but um, but there's some because there are so many mods and it's really hard to to pick. But uh, there's one of the mods is weapon armor. Or I'm sorry, weapon animation replacers, which just changes uh, the animations. It smooths out some of the animations of the way that you, you know if you're looking in third person or first person of how the weapons fire, how the weapons are held, uh, you know, drawing them and stuff like that. And it's necessary for some of the other mods like weapons of the new millennia, which I cannot even go into details of how many mods or like how many new guns there are, new skins for existing guns. And they all look really good. They're all high definition, really cool uh, and well balanced. Are there any like highlights on that? Like, are they real life weapons? Are they stuff with different utility? Like, yeah, it's a lot of real life weapons. Uh, there's, um, I don't think there's anything that's real kooky uh, or space agey. It's mostly guns. There's a few melee weapons, but you know, yeah, uh, some new, some some old. Yeah, uh, but mostly realistic. <laughs> um, now, on the other hand, you get the classic Fallout weapons, which includes a lots of really ridiculous weapons from the old games, like the old, you know, alien laser weapons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, the Gatlin, uh, Gatlin plasma rifle thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I watched this, uh, this, this mod on, on YouTube. Saw mm-hmm. this, which is super cool. Um, so another one, uh, that I like a lot is spice of life, variety, armor and clothing, which, um, side note requires, uh, Robert's male body, FNV, which is a different body change mod. It turns out we're, we're all those. Roberts now. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we're all Roberts now. Um, so that one, is, uh, the thing that I, drew me to this is that uh, the clothing is more, I don't know, it's just some more wasteland clothing. And some of it's real simple. Some of it's a little bit more elaborate. But it includes uh, gas masks, uh, backpacks. Uh, bandanas for your face, hmm. uh, some new hats, just kind of general things that I thought would fit better in the world. Cool. Uh, backpacks are cool because it, uh, and they're pretty balanced because they add weight, they add carry weight, but they take away your AP. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, AP is not used. Uh, a lot of mods just make AP a, a resource for things other than vats. Yeah. So, like, it makes it, you know, oh, you can sprint. Um, oh, you can uh, do go into like bullet time and use AP things like that, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Like, because it is, it's like a rudimentary uh, stamina system, but it is really only just used for one thing. Mm-hmm. So using that for some other stuff is a really cool, cool idea. Yeah. Um, more costuming is Heroes of the Apocalypse 2.0, which adds, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's real cool. It adds uh, classic Mad Max, Fury Road Mad Max, um, like. Book of Eli. Uh, uh, one of the characters from uh, Walking Dead and then a few other costumes into the game, um, which is pretty neat. Uh, I think they're they're really well done. They're pretty. It's a really good selection for the, the pack it is. And you can get all that stuff at Doc Mitchell's, which is good. It also adds uh, races uh, when you're making a character so you can play as uh mad max if you want to uh or <laughs> e- eli <laughs> from the book of eli what from the, from the hit film the book of eli <laughs> yeah you can you can do that but i mean he makes sense in that world right yeah oh no he totally does i'm just making fun of the book of eli this is, this <laughs> is a pretty big flop yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. so some of the cool things uh like my character um 
you get add-ons for your costuming uh, that don't do anything, but you get like the big red bandana and you get to put the uh, shotgun holster on your costume, which is really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, so I added those in because why not? It looks cool. Yeah. Roll some fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to add in. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gary. I did go. I was just, I was just segueing. Please continue. Oh, I was going to say, I wanted to add in one ridiculous item uh one <laughs> one crazy weapon and that's the hyena infra dead sniper <laughs> what are, and is, please is explain like bullets like what does it do it is a sniper rifle that basically shoots mini nukes <laughs> oh, okay very good yeah so uh most of my playthrough because i was kind of constrained for time i cheated my way through um and getting this weapon which is located uh just outside of the helio one or Helios one um, area really, really added a fun element of the game of just seeing like red dots on the horizon and looking in the sniper rifle and just blowing up everything. <laughs> it was delightful. Very nice. Cool. So, you know, not really good for balance or immersion, <laughs> but fun. A little bit of empowerment. Yeah. Uh, cool. Now on the house on the house front, you have the Good Springs home, which it brings. There's a little tiny pseudo quest about getting the key and getting into it, and then unlocking the basement and stuff like that. Uh, but it it's a free home that you can find right in Good Springs, which gives you all your benches and some place for storage, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a beautiful underwater home that uh, you can unlock that's closer to Boulder City. Um, and it's, it's really nice. It's, it comes with like an automatic sorter for all your items. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but there's a, you know, there's a lot of really ridiculous stuff in there. That's, you know, nothing's overpowered, but it's really cool. Uh, and, but you have to follow a quest line to like get the key card to enter it. And then you have to get uh power set up for the base. So it's kind of, you know, you kind of have to earn it a little tiny bit. It's a little bit of settlement building. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and finally, my favorite item, the Pip Phone 3000. Hmm. Any yeah, idea what this, this does? <laughs> does it, well, does, I, I have so every idea. Does, does, does this yeah. play Snake? Pip Phone 3000, unfortunately, He's does not play Snake. He's trying to play Snake. <laughs> Brick but, Breaker. I'll settle for Brick Breaker. Yeah. Uh, so what the Pip Phone 3000 does is every single person that you talk to, uh, it will add them to your contacts list. And basically, you can use the Pip Phone to enter dialogue options with them at any point. Hmm. Yeah, this which is does, crazy handy. <laughs> yeah, it's super handy, especially like even early on when you're just like, OK, I'll go talk to everyone in Good Springs again to get them to help me um, or it does it does sometimes break some scripting i had i had some trouble with it in the uh the fly the ghouls to the moon mission where i decided to talk to jonathan while i was in the basement and i ended up having to run all the way back up to him anyway because he just stands around until (laughs) until you show up and then he walks to the basement it's really dumb oh you were in the basement you didn't get any reception you were just imagining that conversation yeah that's it it's just all the fumes from the the stuff there (laughs) Okay, so uh, we'll do companion mods next. Uh, there are tons of companions. Uh, Niner, who's a drug addict. Vanessa, who's addicted to whiskey. Uh, <laughs> you can get Sunny Smiles, Master Chief. You can get a baby death <laughs> You know, Master Chief. I think you buried the lead there, Breeden. 
<laughs> there's a weird, uh, there's a lot of Master Chief and Halo mods out there, but this is the only one I talked about. Uh, but you can get all the armor and all that stuff. Uh, one that I thought's really cool is called Rob, Robco Certified, where you can actually um, get perks to reprogram robots to become your friends. Uh, and if you get unlimited followers, that means you could technically bring all of the robots with you. Um, and my final awesome. one is Betsy, who is a Brahmin companion that doesn't fight. You just can load shit onto her. Hmm. That's awesome. So that's great. <laughs> like, is there anything that gamers don't want Master Chief in? Like, they, like if Master Chief always ends up being a mod for like a lot of this stuff early on, like somebody will make a Master Chief. Master Chief is the world one one of modding. Yeah, yeah. Like you just you just gotta throw Master Chief in there. It's like, come on. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, Vanessa a little bit. Uh, Vanessa's intolerable. Uh, don't don't yeah. get Vanessa. She sings a lot and she just wants whiskey. And there's already a companion in New Vegas who likes whiskey a lot. Yeah, yeah. I and I didn't get... include uh, I didn't include Willow, who uh, you know basically here's what I I ran into, and I all of the female companion mods are dating sims uh-oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh i mean are we surprised yeah i'm not surprised it's a bummer <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's a uh, okay she's my wasteland waifu <laughs> yeah, yeah no, exactly. no wasteland waifu mod <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's like the gabriel uh, engine not my place for for sexy ladies <laughs> yeah. there's so many mods that like change body shapes and like faces and clean people up so it's like it's a little different you know if you really want to get into that sort of thing <laughs> but let's not um right. let's talk about quest mods instead yeah let's do it um okay so one of one of the more popular ones and probably most, most well known is uh, new vegas bounties and there's three parts to it and uh, that requires the some guy series mod um real there's a, like a hidden storyline to it, but it's basically just, you know, you go to a guy, he gives you a bounty, you go shoot somebody in the face, <laughs> um, which is great. But, you know, by the time you get to the third one, there's actually like kind of a story that's developed. And there's a lot of like hidden. Well, one, it's big because it's all pop culture references or almost all. Um, like I had to shoot uh, Tommy Idaho, who was a drug kingpin mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. and had a had a gun called his little friend, um, which you could say hello to if you wanted. Uh, anyway, um, so, but the, there's a lot of like a uh, text that you'll pick up notes and stuff like that. And it's, it's actually really interesting. I don't recommend it for new players because it takes you all over the map and some of the areas you just should not be in. And by new players, I mean, new characters. Yeah. I, I've played this um, one before. This is actually in my modding days. Cause I remember fighting uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, yeah. a Freddy Krueger stand in, <laughs> um, yeah. Frankie Goulger. Yeah, yes, it's something like that. He's got a couple little baby ghouls in his in his cave. It's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so next is uh, World of Pain, which is uh, adds a huge quest line to that starts very much in, in Good Springs, but it is not voiced. One of the things I want to bring up: a lot of these like New Vegas bounties is voiced. Um, uh, uh, it's pretty interesting. Like it takes you to this underground, this really dark underground right away. That's maybe a little higher than your Good Springs level. But if you just start doing those quests, uh, you can level yourself out of the rest of the game if you want to, you know, if that's mm. a concern of you. Hmm. Um, but it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, I added in role players alternative start, 
which uh, sets you up in a, like a weird shack and next to a Vita, you know, vitality machine and or vigor tester and uh, a computer that allows you to basically kind of make like a, an RP character who, you know, you can start with certain alliances or you can start with certain karma. You can start with uh, more or less wealth. Uh, you can pick kind of what specialization of weapon you start with. Um, so, it, and then it, you can either start in Good Springs if you want to, or it'll just randomly drop you to a different location and you start there and just have to do with whatever. Yeah. This one is so, really cool too uh, for like replaying, like watching, I kind of uh, talked to you about this and then looked into it myself. And like this idea that you can be like, no, I, you know, my career was a Legion sympathizer, you know? So you start mm -hmm. off with people, you know, liking the Legion, but I didn't like, you know, I came from Good Springs and, and left under bad circumstances. So when I get mm -hmm. to Good Springs, right. everyone doesn't like me. Um, you can just kind yeah. of craft your own little backstory, which is really cool. Yeah, sounds yeah. sounds like a want. good uh, Skyrim mod that, I, that that I've heard about, which uh, like mm -hmm. starts out like you, you know, oh, I'm just a I'm a a blacksmith from Whitehaven, and that's where I start. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. can decide to go on the quest or not. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. I, I love those Skyrim mods that you can just not play as the Dovahkiin. <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, yeah, the and and anything that does anything that interrupts or replaces the beginning of Skyrim, <laughs> like the endless wagon. Sit. oh yeah like <laughs> um so the last quest mod and this is is really cool it's called project brazil uh gives you alternative title cards when you load the game um and is basically a full campaign um it's fully voiced uh it's i would say most of the voice actors are good there's a couple that are terrible <laughs> it's not written incredibly well uh, there's some stuff where I'm just like, oh, um, but for the most part, like the quest itself is actually written pretty well. I didn't get through all of it because again, it's giant, but, um, it does allow you to, to start. And then you need a second, um, you need a second mod if you want to actually take the items that you earn from there and bring them into new Vegas. Hmm. You started in, in a separate vault. I was doing research on this as well. And I looked yeah, at like, right. the trailer Sorry, for it. In vault, certain vault 18. And the, the basic premise is that like you're the first choice you get to make when you're making your character is whether or not you want to be a nerd or a jock because you're about to get tackled. Um, <laughs> like on, in the uh, I should point out that there's uh, like vault football league that you're in. Vault ball. <laughs> vault ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the quest starts off from there where you're you're kind of all like instantly thrown into this uh, kind of conspiracy that that's going on inside of the vault is the yeah. conspiracy about cloning hitler mm, you, you know what i don't think so huh. but it's, not, it's not, not the vault boys from brazil yeah <laughs> it's not the vault boys from brazil but it does use the movie brazil uses the main song in the uh the opening credits ah. which is kind of fun yeah that's in there um fact. why is this called this he's like oh i just seen brazil and i really like it <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, li I like it was fun um so I didn't know where to classify these, so I just kind of put them into other, but some really cool ones. And uh, Gary, you saw XRE cars. Yes, this is pretty impressive. Which is where you get to, uh, you can buy keys from certain vendors and then you can find cars and drive them around the wasteland. <laughs> uh, one of the things you need is, uh, it's a mod called uh, like invisible wall remover, which allows you to actually like drive over stuff as opposed to just like hitting invisible walls, clearly. <laughs> um right. it's it's pretty fun it's not easy to drive uh but it is kind of a fun way to get around the wasteland and it's way faster obviously yeah. with your chrysalis 
Mm. Um, the next one I'm really excited about too. This is great. Yeah, Mon- Monster Wars, which uh, adds a bunch of new monsters. It adds aliens, which includes I found the alien mothership at one point, which is just floating in the sky uh, <laughs> and is awesome. Is it uh, and then there's the bats? A... Can you take it down? Uh, you know, I didn't try. I was real scared. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could have shot it with the the infrared jet. <laughs> and see what happened but um uh, so it adds a bunch of new monsters like i said um which gary i didn't tell you about this but you can fight skeletons now mm. <laughs> it's into the lore <laughs> like rad you skeletons. usually only you find skeletons in places where you would find ghouls or in graveyards um okay. so Kind of makes sense a little bit. I don't know. Uh, but one of the things that I thought was really fun is the Colossus or Colossi or Colossal. I don't remember exactly what it is. Add-on that adds super giant monsters to the waste. <laughs> and when I say super giant, I mean like like twice the size of behemoths. Um, and they'll you just randomly come across them. I, did run a, I didn't run into any Colossal when I was playing, but uh, I did run into a, a big horn behemoth hybrid. <laughs> which was really terrifying. <laughs> so good. Yes, yeah, yeah. this sounds great. <laughs> that makes me want to play again, which is silly because I just played it and yeah. I put in my like you know 150 hours into Fallout games this year already. But yeah, you know. it's fun to just pop in and, and check out some stuff. Check out um, some <laughs> Yeah, so these these get a little bit more towards the the cheating area, but. Uh, you can add more perks, which is so many perks. And some of them are balanced and some of them not so much. Um, one of them, which I think is a, a standout, is called Where Are My Pants? And um, if you take that perk, you get 20,000 caps and you wake up in a random dangerous location. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, and you can take it multiple times. So if you just, if you really need that money, uh, that's an option for you. Um, because I was playing kind of cheating just to get through the game as quickly as possible and see as much stuff as I could, I also took easy unlocking, easy hacking, and guaranteed pickpocket. I never picked any pockets, so I assume it works. But uh, easy hacking is great because it just eliminates every other selection except for the right one. <laughs> yeah, and easy hacking is just it gives you a little indicator of where you're supposed to move to. Oh yeah, cool, super so. cool. And then uh, if you want to cheat even more, like me, uh, you get the Fallout NV Cheat Terminal Redux, which adds a terminal into Doc Mitchell's, but then also gives you a, a portable one that you can access at any time, which you can change your stats, uh, change quest things, which I don't recommend because those get weird. <laughs> um, you can add items, you can add, add, add ammo, add perks, add all sorts of crazy stuff. You can change what you look like at any point. I don't know. Yeah, just like a portable debug kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah, very cool. Um, And then finally, these are uh, things I didn't get to play, but I thought sounded really cool. uh, And I wanted to bring them up just for for anybody else out there. Um, New Vegas Uncut, for example, um, is it just tries to it's like an eight part, eight or nine part series that tries to restore cut content from the game. Sometimes it's something simple. Sometimes it's a quest line. it's uh, Betsy, the Brahmin companion, mm-hmm. is one of them. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's Dust Survival Simulator, which is a complete overhaul that, uh, that adds or that puts you 20 years after New Vegas, and it makes the Mojave Waste even more of a wasteland. And <laughs> food is scarce. Ammo is even more scarce. It adds a new group called the Tunnelers, 
that you have to run up against. Uh, I didn't yeah, get a chance to play this, but it looked really cool. The, uh, oh. the tunnelers are from one of the things we, we talk about in the, uh, the DLC. Yeah. Um, they're, the they're and, and there's like, there's foreshadowing that they are going to overrun the waste at some point. So that's like a really cool kind of in-canon mod yeah. that they eventually yeah. made it to the Mojave. Uh, I never use the radio, but there's a radio channeler, uh, radio channel extender, so you can add all sorts of new channels to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Uh, there's a quest mod called Autumn Leaves, which is in a, a spooky robot library. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sign me up. Uh, we could solve the mystery of who killed that guy that one time. <laughs> um, I really wanted to play uh, New Vegas interiors uh, with New Vegas interiors and exteriors where they, they add new stuff to the waste and allows you to go into a lot of buildings that are just boarded up. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it to run. It just kind of made my uh, my game crash a little bit too much. Hmm. So I ended up taking it off. Didn't really get to experience it. Yep. Um, I, can, I can vouch for it. I've played through that mod and I like it. Uh, and I it didn't... just it, it turns like uh, those build board up buildings into just dungeons. So you go through yeah. at the end, there's a giant mole rat or whatever, and they're guarding a unique weapon. Yeah. That brings a little bit of that Which is... free flavor <laughs> to things. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Um, I didn't mention it in here, but there's a an honest hearts complete overhaul uh, that, <laughs> Good. that <laughs> changes the quest line, adds new like voiceover stuff, uh, keeps the same locations, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So it kept the good thing about Honest Hearts. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually, it's totally, it doesn't overhaul it. It's a completely different story. There's a trailer for that yeah. too, but it just, it's like 100% different. It's not like, what if Honest Hearts was a little bit better? It's like, what if they wrote a story for Honest Hearts? <laughs> um, it's it's pretty impressive and pretty comprehensive. I, again, I haven't yeah. played it. I just did some research. So And that's it. Cool. That's the mods. Yeah. Those are the mod Those boys. Those are the ones that I played. But there's like a billion other mods out there if, from anything that you could want. If you want to dress up like Samus, that's an option. <laughs> I'd rather have Samus as a companion than Master Chief. If I'm going to have like a well. day Samus companion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that you can probably date. Fuck. I and, forgot and about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and have sex with because it's, uh, it's gamers. <laughs> um, and that's what they uh, go to this thing for. Uh, <laughs> that's why. That's how they appreciate art is they had a little side of boner. Uh, into this thing that is about uh, power mm. and nostalgia and and these things. Just a little boner on the side. Just a soup song of yeah. you know yeah. of turgidity. <laughs> yeah, just, just just yeah, just just drop a drop a shot of boner into this glass of Guinness <laughs> and swig. Um, thank you, Brayton. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah, this is a the, the, this is a great resource. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll see you in a couple weeks for the uh, mod report on Day of the Tentacle. So you can get to the companion mod, the part that puts a Master Chief in the Day of the Tentacle, the, the thing that allows you to have sex with the purple tentacle. Um, mm-hmm. And all those Master mods. Chief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Master Chief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah thanks for having me. It was, really, it was really fun, and I was really glad I had a reason to play Fallout New Vegas again. I forgot. Like, I got that feeling, like, every time I discovered something new, I was like, oh, yeah! Like, I was so excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> It is. I still haven't uninstalled it from the playthrough, and I'm probably gonna check out uh, at least the monster one, mm-hmm. um, just to run around and probably the car one, and just drive around and yeah. see some some gigantic crazy <laughs> monsters. Yeah. You get. So, a, uh, I'll give you the hint. If you want to fight a skeleton, you just go to the Yangtze Memorial, and there's one okay. there. Okay. So. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> skeleton shortcuts. Yeah. Skeleton, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, Brayton. Thank you. Cool. No problem.
Talk to you later. Bye. So thank you, Brayden. Yes, thank you so much for uh, for just a staggering amount of research that went into that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Th- it's really appreciated. It's nice to be able to take a really big game like this and be able to tap in somebody. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about next. Uh, so thanks for spending Fallout Month with us. Mm-hmm. Um, second Fallout Month of the you know of this calendar, <laughs> you know this twelve month period. Um, next episode we're going to be talking about Day of the Tentacle. Mm-hmm. Um, after that we're going to be talking about Deus Ex Invisible War. Mm-hmm. And then after that will be the uh, the two games, the uh, the winners of the rhythm game poll. We do not know, as of the time of this recording, uh, what those two games are. However, um, you can check our social media and stuff like that to see what they are so you can write in your responses. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the um, you, we'd like you to do so. After that, we're doing Fantasy Star 4, um, which is our summer RPG, uh, JRPG. Um, responses about that are also welcome. I'm really excited to revisit that. Yeah. It's been enough time that I'm in the mood for a JRPG, Cole. <laughs> How weird is that? I've almost like it's, started playing one for pleasure. <laughs> it's, you know, I think that, you, so it's probably a, a matter of uh, like Paper Mario kind of doesn't count. I have Paper Mario totally counts. It counts. I think it's it a counts. matter of it being a year. Uh, yeah, so it's a, so it's a matter a of a year. What I want spaced out. For that. I don't. I don't think that Paper Mario drained as much goodwill from you as like something like even as good as Suikoden is. Like that did. Yeah, that's right. It's probably true. It's shorter. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited about it, um, though. I'm excited to, to replay yep. it. And like also the Fantasy Star setting is just super cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there, too, is if uh, I, get, I don't know whose edit that is. Um, if either of the episodes ends up being my edit um, or for the extra episode, I feel like sneaking in a little bit of Fantasy Star 2 music because there's nowhere else to put it. We're never going to do Fantasy <laughs> Star 2. It's some of my favorite Genesis music. Yeah. Like, like if, know. You know, if we keep on this pace of one JRPG a year, it's going to be at least ten years before we yeah, get to before we, we get to that. And I like we still, do, one. Gary, we still have to do Vagrant Story. Like yeah, yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot we still have to do. So I put Doom One music in the Doom Two episode. Yeah, uh, I might put a little Fantasy Star Two music in because it's so good. <laughs> Nobody complained about the Doom One Doom Two thing, and I would not brook any complaint. So. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's worth complaining about. So just a warning for purist. Um, you're in the, learn the lesson from Ulysses. Purity, Purity is poison. Is poison. Um, anyway, uh, thanks very much. If you want to support the network, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TV. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate that. Um, what else can they do, Cole? Well, they can uh, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. That helps raise our visibility. We really appreciate everybody who writes those things in, even if, uh, you know, it's a four star as opposed to a five. That's really all I'll tolerate. That's just a joke. <laughs> yes, it is I mean, we'd prefer if you don't like it. I'm surprised yeah. you got to the end of New Vegas month. <laughs> like this is it's literally like 12 hours of New Vegas talk. I'm surprised you got to it. If you got to that and you still don't like it, like, you know, maybe it's not the podcast for you. I'm sorry. Like, like yeah. yes, we, we, we would love to have you. But like if you if you tap out, that's fine, too. Uh, we, yeah. we, we wish you well. I don't want anybody here who doesn't want to be here. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks very much mm-hmm. for all that. Um, ratings, reviews, all those things are really great. Yeah. Um, until next time, uh, what do we have? We probably don't have deleted scenes. We got down to business. Uh, maybe like there might be like a like a Brayton goof from the beginning or so. Yeah. But uh, be like, there may be one deleted scene. If not, though, um, Umbasa. Yeah, Umbasa. Is this the longest we've recorded ever? Um, five hours. The, the yeah, we're at five hours right now. That's uh, that's yeah. something. Five hours straight. Um, <laughs> High five, yeah. dude. That's the majority. Yeah. That's the majority yeah, look, of a work day. Yeah, look at that. Just <laughs> like that's not all the work that's going to go into this kind of thing. But just no, like, no, it's not. Literally, just talking on mic. This is at the end of uh, yeah. This hour is five, like so. this. This is two episodes. So yeah, yeah. That that's real bonkers. Um, yeah. <laughs> this so, is, so so I'm awesome. This is the life we chose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the symbol we fly under. <laughs>
So, you know, sitting on Skype and I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Uh, I, I looked at my microphone, saw the microphone wasn't set correctly. So then I had to unplug and replug in my microphone and mm. it finally came in. And then it changed the audio from my headphones to the microphone, like headphone jack. Oh. Mm. So I just had to plug it into that instead of ah. my monitor. Oh. But well, I, you know, problem really. solved. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's how I would, that's how I do it, bro. I do okay. the, the old uh, headphones into the microphone. I do the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, well, well. That, that way you hear yourself. Yeah, you, you've heard a lot of lizards. I'm a monitor lizard. <laughs> I've heard, like, I've heard of those too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's me. Okay. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Oh, you, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're a monitor lizard. I um, I rearranged my house so that I, I switched my office and my living room. Oh. So, so now my this for this call with me. Oh yes, no. I just I, I <laughs> well, Brayden, I wanted to to arrange it uh, to you know to be as pleasing as possible for you. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, no. I've I've always had my desk up against a wall, and now my desk is in a room or in the in the middle of a room. Oh, yeah. So I'm not staring into a wall. I'm staring uh, into the other half of the room. <laughs> that contains no walls. <laughs> yep. Well, the wall is about ten feet away. Yeah. <laughs> Is that helping with Echo too? Uh, I've it's uh the way I have things set like Echo isn't really that big of a deal anyway. Okay. Yeah. So. Right. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So that's that's my big my big yeah, thing. The the living the dream of a slightly more distant wall. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's it. That sounds like a real like prison philosophy. <laughs> a slightly more distant wall. Yeah. Well, you know they it's call like the, it the name of your your like poetry. You're like yeah tragic street poetry collection they call yeah. it they call it outside but they still have walls there exactly. yeah walls oh, yeah. Yourself. signs everywhere there's signs <laughs> breaking up the scenery and breaking up my mind <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, long-haired hippie people need not apply yeah so i put on a hat and showed that guy <laughs> took this opportunity to show that guy a little lesson because I'm the yeah. worst. I've got the fucking dreamer's disease, and I'm going to be a piece of shit to this <laughs> old guy. The, the dream. 1960s dreamer's disease, which is the, the worst kind. Yeah, there's a bad strain. <laughs> uh, it's like how there are certain bad flu years. <laughs> um, it's like no. times of the dreamer's disease got. That's actually true. Like, I bet you youth culture was more intolerable in the 60s than than most other decades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of look back at it as, as fond- fondly, but... Yeah, but if we were just thirty, you know, mid thirty year old guys back then, like, yeah, we'd hate that shit. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're in your mid thirties in the in the sixties, you would have fought for our country. You would that's, have gone to oh, Jim. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we would have bigger things to worry about. <laughs> yep, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. If television is to be believed, everything just had incense and peppermints playing over top of it at all <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> to just pan to the left or. Uh, we gotta get out of here. When you go to Vietnam, yeah. picking on me and Brayton, we pan yeah. over that. So we, and, and when Cole's in in the states, it's incense and peppermint, and it's showing you like, yeah, you know, smoking dubs and like playing jazz music. And then, yeah, and then I'm listening to like the Doors, or yeah. we gotta get out of this place, and then uh, and, and helicopter wipe to Gary and Brayton. Helicopter yeah. wipes, yeah, <laughs> in the uh, in the trenches to. Uh, yeah the doors yeah. and then um, in a sad foxhole yeah and then it starts playing uh go ask alice and goes back to cole and we just go back and forth and we have ken burns the 60s starting up <laughs> <laughs> I, 
like I like how we are defining these songs. It's not their names. It's not the titles. Yeah. <laughs> that song isn't called Go Ask Alice. Uh, it's a uh, White Rabbit. Oh, okay. Yeah, rabbit. <laughs> okay. That song isn't called We Got to Get Out of Here. Uh, I think yeah. I think you're thinking of All on the Watchtower. Oh, <laughs> you're probably right. Uh, James Hendricks. Yes, by James. Yeah. Let I call him that because I'm on the the square divide yeah, on the square right. side yes cassius clay just passed away <laughs> yeah, it's only a matter of time for yusuf islam um the yeah so I, I it's kind of a i'm surprised i haven't seen that in a sketch comedy show where it's just like it presents itself as like a 60s like actual documentary but is almost entirely just like song wipes back and forth <laughs> it's, it's just the like 1960s scenes from uh forrest gump yeah <laughs> Or just the establishing scene, though, not the right. no, no dialogue, just the like, you know, close up on what's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. You go check back in on wins and spellmans, and then we would. Uh, I would highly recommend that we also include William Shatner's cover of Mr. Tambourine Man, <laughs> ending and beginning credits. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the middle credits. It's a tambourine man. Yeah, yeah, and the like. You've been watching. Uh, we now return. God, that's that's really I, I like that idea a lot. Um, I, wish, I wish there was a video for that song so that we could just inflict it on people via teenage dirtbags. <laughs> it's it's like how much I want there to be a video for Smart Girls. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, like real bad. And then there's just because every time that's uh, I expose that like there's a, a real young guy I work with mm-hmm. uh, who like really likes the Beach Boys because he's like just getting into you know music that's older than him. Yeah, uh, and it's real fun to watch. And I'd be like, oh, you love Brian Wilson, huh? And then I've been able to just be like, here you go. You like Brian Wilson? Here's all the Brian Wilson you can handle. <laughs> I'll make you regret saying that. Yeah, drink from the fire hose. It's smart girls. <laughs> it's it's nice to to kill your idols to people, right? Where it's just like, oh, you think this guy's great? Here's the worst thing he ever did. You like oh, the yeah, like do you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's it, metal machine music. Uh, some, some might say he's the the first rapper or the original rapper. <laughs> some would say that. Specifically, he would Lou say that. <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness, at least he likes Brian Wilson and not Mike Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like some kid, like if I met a 21 year old who was like, "Man, I fucking love Mike Love." Well, I'm sure like, they exist. They they're just they're just uh, little fairies. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just, they were young Republicans. super into Full House. Yeah, mm. that's their exposure. Yeah, 